Welcome to Notes on Vulnerability, a podcast designed to put stories of resilience, courage and being human at the heart of the conversation. This is the Tools for Resilience series, wellness and mental health chats focused on helping you grow and feel good about who you are. We'll be exploring ideas and practical tools designed to help you get comfortable with the vulnerability inherent in being human and the benefits of embracing it. And we'll reveal ways that working with this vulnerability builds resilience so that you can deepen your resources, adapt more, bounce back better and go on to thrive. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button for the extra bonus content. Being freelance, self-employed or a business owner or entrepreneur is a whole different ballgame to working for someone else. Gone are the infrastructures that guarantee some kind of safety, whether that's reliable income or pension contributions and benefits, as well as the team environment that's filled with people who can support and motivate and inspire. Now, I know from experience that office environments also come with a whole heap of negatives, micromanagement, painful politics and being subject to the bad attitudes of your superiors for a start. But it can still be quite a shock when you're suddenly out on your own. When you're a freelancer, everything falls to you, from the administration involved in finances to marketing your business, and also those daily moments that make you feel motivated and part of something, like taking breaks, taking time off, bouncing back from a hard conversation or a really challenging moment. That's why it takes so much resilience just to survive as a freelancer, let alone to thrive and start building that Instagram-ready dream life. I'm joking a bit here because actually your dream life probably won't be that Instagrammable if it's anything like mine. 90% of the time at least, no one really knows exactly how much time I spend in yoga pants talking to the dog. This episode of Notes on Vulnerability is all about being resilient as a freelancer, what that really means and what tools are available to help you with it. This is also my first ever solo episode of the podcast, which seems appropriate really as it's all about going out on your own. So what makes me qualified to essentially interview myself about freelance resilience? Well, I'm a resilience coach, so I've got that part down and I've been freelance for over a decade. Um, I've been a freelance writer, so I do copywriting and I've also had a couple of novels published. And then there's this podcast, which also counts as freelancing. And I guess if you're going to look at those markers of outward success that we all hold ourselves up to. Um, while freelancing, I've, I've managed to buy a home and a car, get a sausage dog <laughs> and create a life which often involves cold water swimming, opportunities for adventure, working in bed, all the things that I could never even have dreamed of when I was trapped in my office in my suit in my 20s. That's not to say, obviously, that it hasn't been tricky at times. I mean, it's taken me far longer than it should to get my head around self-assessment tax, for example. And for me and for many others I know, the past few years in the pandemic have been a real challenge in terms of income. What's been really interesting to me is that the thing that's changed the most over the time that I've been a freelancer, which is more than a decade now, isn't necessarily my skill set. Obviously, I'm a more experienced coach now. I'm a more experienced writer, but it's not my actual ability and how that's improved that's made the biggest difference to how I experience freelance life today. It's actually been my mindset change. So it's how I've shifted from a mindset of scarcity and fear to one of creativity, playfulness and abundance. And what's been really interesting is that I've done this finally. It's taken many years to do this. There were many years when I did not do this. But now I'm doing this even in the moments where I've been most on the edge of disaster. (laughs) 
Um, so it's my mindset and it's my habits too, like the very simple changes to the way I do things that I never knew could have been so transformative. And they have a huge impact on my business itself, but more importantly, how I feel while I'm running my business. Um, and I would not hold myself up as a shining example of, you know, the flawless way to be a freelancer because I still am far from flawless. <laughs> but what I'm going to share here is a combination of my own experience in freelancing and the insights that I have as a freelancer and also as a resilience coach who has supported many other people who work for themselves and run their own companies. This is a shortish episode, but if you want to delve more deeply into the practical tools, the mindset shifts and the habit change that will work for you too, then I'm running an online workshop on the 2nd of November and you can grab a ticket for that in the link to the show notes. I guess I've never actually done a host introduction on this podcast, so perhaps I'll start with that. I'm Alex and I'm a resilience coach. I am in my 40s and I have spent more than a decade as a freelancer, writing and creating and basically doing anything I can to not go back to being at at a desk in an office. I used to be a lawyer. I used to work um, as an acquisition finance lawyer in the city for an American firm, uh, mostly in London, but briefly in Paris, um, which was amazing except that I was really unhappy. (laughs) Um, I have had two crime thrillers published under the pen name Alex Blackmore. I used to run a fashion business called The Glass Pineapple, which was all about promoting emerging designers at Fashion Week. Um, And before all of that, I was a fiercely determined, smart, and I think hilarious and sea-loving little child who fits squarely into the highly sensitive person category. I'm a resilience coach now because 10 years ago, I really didn't have a lot of it. And now I do. And not only do I know the difference it makes to everything to be more resilient from your income to your daily experience, but I also know that the way we generate resilience in ourselves isn't what I thought it would be. And maybe the biggest lesson I've learned is what resilience really is. I used to see resilience as being tough and silent, gritting your teeth and getting through, showing control and discipline, being flawless, never being a mess. But when I tried to do that, I ended up feeling rubbish inside. I might have been showing up in the world as someone who seemed calm and organised, but actually my experience felt like it wasn't very authentic. I knew that I was shutting a part of myself off. Um, So I would be okay for a while while I kept that part in a box and then I'd have a big crash or an emotional explosion because the two parts of me were essentially working against each other. That's when I realised that resilience is fluid, it's flexible, um, it's self-awareness, it's embracing all of your parts so that some of them don't overwhelm you in challenging moments. It's the compassion that allows you to pick yourself up when you fail, the self-awareness that means you can make authentic aligned choices and the self-love that makes it possible to be bold and creative even when things are basically in the gutter. It really is so very far from the idea of resilience that we are marketed with people standing on mountains looking muddy and tough. So what does it mean to be resilient as a freelancer? So I guess this is going to be different for everyone, but if we take the definition of resilience as being able to adapt and bounce back or transform and bounce forward, then it's that tenacity and springiness no matter what's happening around you. In my freelance life, I've needed it most when I've been looking at periods of blank space with no work coming in, or freelance clients who want to pay nothing and get everything, 
I've really needed my resilience the most when I've got inside my own head and been overwhelmed by imposter syndrome. Uh, One of the best examples of that voice being, who are you to start a podcast? Why do you think anyone cares about the things that matter to you? Or I've needed my resilience when I've just felt like giving up because everything seems to be working out for other people and not for me. Most recently, I've been tapping heavily into my resilience um, to help me take a lighter and more joyful approach to things like marketing. I get the ick very quickly when it comes to selling and I also have a tendency to give up straight away if things don't look like they're going to work. So resilience has been vital for helping me to stick at things and to also give myself space when I'm sticking at things so it's not this hard, scary experience, but actually I can be creative and playful throughout it. That's become really important. So what does it take to be resilient as a freelancer? As a coach, I can tell you that what you need to be a resilient freelancer isn't going to be the same as what I need. The level of resilience you're coming at this with already will depend a lot on what you emerged into the working world with um, and the experiences you've had since. So, for example, if your parents taught you to be seen and not heard, you might be struggling with authentic marketing. Um, You might be finding it difficult to raise your hand when you want to make a contribution or Or if you want to start a discussion in a community, that might feel really intimidating. So in that case, resilience might start by looking at the core beliefs that you're harbouring that you need to unpick and looking at where they're delivering the message that it's not okay to have an opinion, to be wrong or to be different. If you've spent a lot of your working life in a harsh or judgmental environment and it feels unsafe to be yourself because you're not perfect, then for you, the route to resilience could be basically a whole load of self-compassion if you never seem to connect with your audience because you're trying to tell them what they want to hear instead of what you think and believe then being more resilient is going to be about building up confidence and moving away from habits like people pleasing so what we need to be resilient more resilient is going to be different for everyone but having said that there are tools that will work for all of us and those tools tend to be Focusing on changing your mindset, your energy, your habits, the vision you have and the limits that you're putting on yourself. So when it comes to the biggest challenges to being resilient in freelance life, I think there's one which stands out above all the others. And it's you. (laughs) This can feel a bit depressing at first, realising that you are the biggest obstacle. Um, And then actually it's pretty liberating when you realise how much power that gives you. The power comes from the realisation that a lot of the things that you think you can't do um, or which you find hard or which you never get around to or which others seem to do so well and you don't are actually possible for you if you change the way you're thinking about them. So this is about looking at the core beliefs that I've already mentioned um, and the mindset that they are generating. It's not over-exaggerating to say that your mindset can completely hold you back or it can drive you and champion you onto greater things. It really is that powerful. The way that you approach business today is all defined by what's going on inside. And this is quite different to the narratives that have, we've seen around business for like the past two decades where you leave who you are at the door. You leave your personality at the door. I don't think that's possible as a freelancer. I've tried to do it. Um, but I think, as I said in my introduction, it delivers a less authentic experience for you. And people always know when you're holding something back. So what's going on inside you if it's sort of unhealed or there are parts of you that are hidden, it's going to dictate how you communicate with yourself. Um, And that could be sort of whether you give up easily, how big you allow yourself to dream, 
whether you keep repeating the same patterns and mistakes and whether you actually reach the goals that you set yourself or you just keep falling short in exactly the same way every time. How you feel inside is going to determine the vision that you have of yourself as a freelancer or a business person. And that vision is basically what your entire conscious and subconscious is working towards. So if it's a vision of lack, of scarcity, of loss, of failure, um, of fear, then you might find yourself repeatedly in the same situations again and again where it feels like there just isn't enough and things don't go right. So having said all that, I'm going to talk about the three biggest challenges that I've faced that maybe you have too. The first one is scarcity mindset. So this is the outlook that tells you that you'll have to struggle to succeed, that hard work is the only route to success and that you're in fierce competition with everyone else. I think the second of the big challenges um, is self-esteem. When self-esteem is low, it undermines your confidence, it undermines your sense of self-worth and it makes you minimise your abilities. So if you've got self-esteem challenges as a freelancer, it, it can mean that you're repeatedly shooting yourself in the foot. I think imposter syndrome is probably the third biggest challenge for freelancers. This is basically the voice that chimes in with you don't belong here or other shaming narratives like no one finds you credible or you're an embarrassment. A lot of freelance work can involve producing something brand new that no one's ever done before. Um, and that means that involves a lot of vulnerability because you don't really know how people are going to react. And it might be a part of you that you're putting into the project. So imposter syndrome can really pipe up quite loud here, as in you need to do things in the way that other people do them in the established way. If you go out on your own, you're going to look like a fool. Um, and then that kind of challenge of like, who are you to think that you can do something new, that your idea works? And even saying this stuff makes me feel exhausted. So how is more resilience actually going to help with these? Well, first of all, scarcity mindset. When it comes to scarcity mindset, being more resilient will actually help you break out of this limiting perspective. And when you do start to do that, you'll see opportunities that you might otherwise miss. So um, the part of the brain that is basically fed by core beliefs um, and is looking for evidence of those core beliefs can be working against you. Because if your core beliefs are that there isn't enough and that it's hard, that it's a struggle, then your mind will basically find evidence of the fact well, it's not a fact, but it will find evidence that it is a struggle, that it is hard, that there isn't enough to go around and it will ignore evidence um, to the contrary. So that's a part of the mind called the reticular activating system. And I'll go more into that in my workshop on the 2nd of November. But once you do get out of scarcity mindset by boosting your resilience, you can see opportunities you probably would have missed because you weren't looking for them. And you can also find yourself being more willing to ask for what you want. Because actually, once you get out of scarcity mindset, you start to feel like there is plenty of success to go around. So it isn't so frightening to ask for what you want. Self-esteem and resilience. Uh, when we start looking at building resilience, we begin with self-awareness. And this is often about deconstructing how we see ourselves. Um, this can frequently involve looking at cognitive distortions. Um, that might be undermining self-esteem. So that could be something like catastrophizing, for example, where every situation you instantly go to the worst possible outcome. Because cognitive distortions can completely d destroy your self-esteem and undermine it. But part of building resilience is that you start noticing where you're doing this 
And then you take them out of the picture as you start to build more resilience. And that enables you to show up without that limit in place. So imposter syndrome, as I've mentioned, it's a huge trap for freelancers because it means you just don't go for things. It means you don't take up space or feel like you belong. So you don't confidently express your ideas. And actually, the world is really missing out as a result of this. So you kind of have an obligation to get over your imposter syndrome and come and share who you are and what you have to offer with the world. Um, Being more resilient gives you the internal validation that you need to do this. It can help overwhelm the voice of imposter syndrome, especially because when you're more resilient, you know that you can bounce back. Failure doesn't seem like such a huge crisis. And the opinions of others aren't that important either. So you may not ever stop having imposter syndrome, but actually it won't be the narrative you believe anymore when you're more resilient. What about external challenges? Um, Although a lot of freelance life, the challenges in freelance life come from our own sort of internal narratives and makeup, there are external factors that have a big impact too. And resilience can give you the tools to respond differently to these as well. For example... Feeling pressure from other people. Resilient people have a strong sense of internal validation and self-awareness. And that means that you can remain unscathed in the face of someone who is using manipulative tactics on you, for example, or putting pressure on you to do something you don't want to do. More resilience means that you can respond differently to unreasonable demands. I mean, if you are a freelancer already, I can guarantee that someone at some point has said to you, can you do it for less? The point of being more resilient is that A, you know what you're worth and you know whether you can or cannot do it for less. And you have the ability to say, no, I will not do it for less. Um, Boundaries are crucial to resilience. And boundaries are also crucial for a freelance lifestyle that's actually a positive experience for you. Not just about building clients, building reputation, but you're enjoying this on a daily basis. Economic instability is another big challenge um, for freelancers. So I have had experience of this and it can lead to anxiety that just means it just goes through the roof, constantly in a state of fight or flight um, because you don't have any control over external market forces um, or when your next piece of work comes in, you'll never be able to control that. And resilience gives you um, a sense that it's okay not to be able to control that. It allows you to be more optimistic no matter what's happening. And being more resilient means that you've got resources to stay motivated, even if you feel low, if your energy is low and if things are really challenging. Finally, a a saturated market can be a huge challenge for freelancers because you can feel like you're just one of a herd of people trying to get the same work and trying to be seen. But when you're more resilient, you've got the self-belief to remind yourself that you don't give up. Sometimes... The difference between failure and success is just not giving up. And when your resilience levels are high, you won't abandon yourself when it starts to get hard, even if it feels like there are a million other people going for the same thing. So what can you do if you're starting out and you want to get resilient habits and mindset in place? Here are my top suggestions. First of all, I would say make sure you have five non-negotiable habits in place every day. The kind of habits that are going to help you build resilience and get more from your freelance life. I would also say notice your one most dominant negative narrative and this is the most negative story you have in your head about what you do. Take the time to notice it first of all and then notice how often it comes up, when it comes up, how you feel when it comes up, the impact it has on you when it comes up 
and then flip it. Turn it into a positive affirmation by using the exact opposite. So for example, if your negative narrative is, I don't know what I'm doing and everyone can see that, you could turn that into an affirmation of, I'm following my instinct and doing what I feel is right. And people tend to be generous and compassionate in their view of me. So those are my two big suggestions if you're just starting out. Um, But what can you do if you're well established and looking for a change in direction or an uptick in energy? Well, ask yourself these questions. Where are you holding yourself back? What would you love to say yes to but never have? And what assumptions have you been labouring under about yourself all this time that actually aren't true? If you've been freelancing for a while, then it might feel like the patterns you're stuck in are entrenched and unchangeable, but it's just not true. And often the easiest way to deal with that is to ask yourself questions like this. Everything, pretty much, is habitual behaviour when it comes to negative narratives or patterns that feel destructive. And when it's a habitual behaviour, it's something we can change. There are also a whole load of resilience tools available to you as a freelancer, as well as insights about the way your mind works and strategies you can use to make habits, motivation and goals really stick. I will cover these in more detail in my workshop on the 2nd of November. It's an hour long Zoom workshop and tickets are £15. You can find these in the details of the show notes um, or via my Instagram, which is at Alex Shore Coaching, S-H-O-R-E. Freelance life really can be the dream life when you have the tools to make it what you want and to give yourself the experience that you want to have. When you're more resilient, you can handle the ups and downs without them feeling quite so overwhelming or throwing you off course quite so much. So if you'd like to explore this further, please feel free to get in touch and book a one-to-one coaching call or join my workshop on the 2nd of November. In the meantime, I will leave you with an excellent quote from Mahatma Gandhi, which I sometimes think encapsulates everything that being a freelancer is. And that is, freedom is not worth having if it does not include the freedom to make mistakes. I'm a resilience coach and you can find me on Instagram at alexshorecoaching, S-H-O-R-E, or online at www.shore-coaching.com. Notes on Vulnerability also has its own Instagram, at notes on vulnerability.